Game 36, Luton versus Crystal Palace on the 25th of November 2023, titled Life's a Pantomime. This is a traditional weekend in our household. Why, you may ask. It is Panto Moving Weekend. I have two beautiful boys who I couldn't be more proud of, and both like chalk and cheese. My eldest son makes his way in life in the theatre. A more competitive arena? Well, I cannot think of one. So for this weekend, the itinerary has been set by my logistics manager, my wife. And this is how it's going to go. First job is to book parking at Queen Elizabeth Street in London for times as discussed. In by 2pm on Friday and out by 4pm on Sunday. Drop the dog off at the Dogminders and then head to London in the electric car. Stopping to charge at Heston Services and spending what we have saved on fuel on something to eat and drink whilst waiting for charging to happen. Park at the said car park and alight with the baggage to walk to my son's flat and relax. Get ready and head out for dinner. Now my son rents a very nice flat on the 20th floor of a block of flats. So we use the working lifts. No issue there except for a person of my tender years. Every time I get into a lift, I hear Mary Mungo and Mitch theme tune from my childhood. Followed by whatever happened to Richard Baker, the newsreader. Must Google him to find out. So where is this going? Well, my son's flat is a five-minute walk from the car park, which is a good ten-minute walk from the studios for Saturday's game. So after a meal, we return to his flat, and my son arrives home late after a busy day ahead of the press performance tomorrow night. This is a regular weekend, this, in the family calendar. It's also one of the nicest things for a father and mother to do, as the Queen's Theatre Hornchurch do a traditional pantomime, but with actor musos. Actor musos are musicians, so instead of musicians down in the pit, they perform and play at the same time. I personally think it's a brilliant concept. Actors who cannot play an instrument perhaps would think it's not quite so good. But more importantly for proud mum and dad, their son has written all the songs and music. Completely original, all his own work, and for the fourth year on the spin. So after a late chat on Friday night, this is the plan for Saturday. I will do some prep in the morning before heading up the road to the studios and my wife and son will head to Hornchurch. My son will then text me the proposed route on his way to Hornchurch via the underground and overground routes, avoiding all the lines that could be troublesome. Then it will be order yourself an Uber from the underground station to the theatre for a 7pm curtain up. I ask how long the route should take. Around 35 to 40 minutes on the tube. Okay, I think. At about five minutes in an Uber and maybe five minutes to wait for an Uber, it's getting near 50 minutes. Okay, my wife says, but the match will be over at 5pm. Well, not really, as the wasted time's injury time for most games could be around seven minutes per half. And we do have to do a considered piece afterwards, and I might need a wee and I might have to get a tube and I might have to wait for the said tube. So really what sounds like 120 minutes to arrive suddenly starts becoming a mental stressor. We all agree that it's going to take what it takes, but as long as I get there as soon as things allow me to, that's it. Then we go to bed. We awake from not the greatest sleep, as my wife never sleeps very well on the first night in any bed. And in fairness, the bed isn't as big as the one at home, which leads to bodily clashes on any movement. Leave it. Things go to plan for the morning. They head off and I set off for the studios. Maybe a little early, but I just wanted to go and get on with things. We've had an international break since I last travelled to the TalkSport studios. Now I have Luton versus Palace today. Luton, who have yet to win at home in the Premier League, and Palace, who I did last time out, went down by the odd goal in five at home to Everton. Sat on London Bridge Concourse with the obligatory latte, I noticed that London is busier than normal. 
Well, in a month's time, it will be Christmas. So there are a lot of Christmas shoppers around. I walk into the studios a little earlier than normal, check what booth I'm in, and my mate's name isn't down for coming in today. I think for a moment and hope things are better for him. Banter resumes quickly and I sort myself out and my booth out. I realise I'm actually well ahead of schedule and decide to go and grab another latte. Yes, the fucking extravagance of the man. I head downstairs and realise I haven't got my jacket on and it's quite chilly out there, but I decide I can deal with a short walk to the latte shop. On the way past reception, the lady says, Leaving early, aren't we? Ha <laughs> I replied before adding, I'm going to grab a coffee, would you like one? Nah, not for me, she says, thanking me all the same. Then as I go out of the revolving doors, one of the reception team has to stand outside the doors for hours on end, checking the passes of everyone entering the building. The gent is wrapped up as warm as can be expected and sheltering from the cutting icy blast that always cuts across between the buildings at the base of the shard. He looks cold, so I ask him if he'd like a coffee as I'm going to buy one. The lad is genuinely shocked. He looks amazed that someone would ask him or be thoughtful enough to ask him. He replied, are you serious? I said, yes, it's bloody freezing out here. And he reaches for his pocket. No, chap, I say, thinking he was going for his wallet or some change. I'll get you a coffee. At that moment, I thought I had offended him. And he added, I'll grab one from behind reception. There's our little kitchen there. He smiled still with a slightly disbelieving look in his eyes. I charged my arm with a hot chocolate with cream then. And he accepted. I'm not rich, but it actually made me feel good to do that. He's my mate now. Too many people wrapped up in themselves in this world. I've said about beggars before, and this shows how I have no barometer with many things. I do apologise for that, but I think that makes me human. The game itself is a very good contest. Luton are very aware of what they have in terms of ability on Premier League terms and play with a dogged determination and work ethic, which sides find difficult to put to bed. They'd recently made the Champions City fight all the way for a win, and Palace arrive here just started to make their own fans concerned about the season ahead. Palace fans know there will be worse teams than them, but they also know they need the points just to make life a little more stress-free. The home defeat to Everton prior to today was three points they possibly would have gambled on taking, and today's match possibly the same mentality of getting three points against a perceived lesser quality opponent. Uh-oh, Luton didn't read the script, and Palace suddenly realised the fight they were in. Luton won 2-1 for their first ever Premier League home victory and the best goal of the day came from Palace's Michael Elisi but that was all Palace could take away from another bitty performance. We had a bucket load of time added on at the end and I had to wait for an empty booth to record my considered report before, in my mind, the Mission Impossible theme started to play. On a Saturday at London Bridge Underground Station, they redirect you to go to the Northern and Jubilee lines, meaning instead of two escalators, it's one escalator and stairs. Skippy, that's me, skips down the stairs in his wonky knee fashion and manages to board the tubes, both underground and overground, as set out by my son's guidelines from the previous night. He also advised me to pre-book an Uber from Hornchurch Tube Station to the theatre to save time. So as I'm around two stops away from Hornchurch, I surmise this would be a good time to order the said Uber. I tap into the app and it starts searching. 46 fucking quid! It's only about half to three quarters of a mile away. I text my son a picture of the cost. Now he's busy, but even he thought that was scandalous. By the time he gets back to me, I'm off the tube and outside the station. So I try the app again. This time it's five quid. Obviously didn't put the correct starting point in. Tech fucking knowledge and the elderly. Sounds like a new popular beat combo, but it isn't. I wander into the theatre in very good time. My wife and a friend are amazed at my swiftness of foot before I tuck in heartily to the press spread laid on. 
I'm talking and drinking with my wife, the choreographer, and people involved in the show, and goodness knows who, but it doesn't matter as Proud Dad is in the building. We settle down for the performance and then the after-show party. The show, I thought, was excellent. My wife had seen the matinee and said I was in for a treat. My son's music and words astounded yet again. Where does he get his talent from? Before I spend the after-show party glowing in the praise for my son's work, I often say there is little for me to look forward to in life. But as I write this, these are moments you treasure. When people are enjoying your offspring's talents, it is the best, and I am so, so lucky. The after-show party goes on for a long time and I sit quietly at times reflecting on another industry and another family. We book an Uber back to my son's flat, me in the front and three in the back. All I can say about the journey is what a driver Lewis Hamilton is. He handled that Kia Nero like a Formula One car in Monte Carlo. The three in the back got out feeling ill and I was stuck to the window like Garfield the cat on the front windscreen. My phone pinged after and it said, would you like to give your driver a tip? Yes. Remember, you have passengers in the car, I thought, but it meant monetary. Game 37, AGMK versus Al Itihad on the 27th of November, 2023. Titled Straightforward. It's a one o'clock kickoff in West London today. Relax, what could go wrong? Well, I had a business meeting or a catch up with one of my key clients, that went okay. Then I boarded the train aiming for an 11 a.m. arrival, which also passed okay. I had a seat without booking one from Longhambra and chatted to the gent next to me. The ticket worked okay and the knees managed the knee screamer straight as I wandered towards the studio. Were there no strange thoughts in my head? Of course, but that is natural. Did anything unusual catch my eye? No is the answer. It was okay. Shoes squeaking? No. Had I forgotten something? No. Ultimately, this straightforward day was a little unsettling. It's been a while since even my mind felt unease at not being able to hound me over something. Give it time, we thought. Uzbekistan's AGMK, or Air Force as they're known as, against Nuno Les Al Itihad. Names in the frame, Benzema, Fabino for Al-Itihad, and loads of OFs and EVs for the side from Uzbekistan. The game passed without any dramas, Al-Itihad winning two goals to one. I wandered back to the Goldhawk Road tube station to start my underground overgrown wobbling free journey back to Paddington. And much to my mind's relief as I sat on the tube platform, the tannoy revealed the day's mental issue to allow me some sort of semblance of reality. There are severe delays on the Hammersmith and City line due to an incident on the track. Oh dear, sounds a bit like a way out for some troubled person has occurred. The eggshell mood set of a mentally on-the-edge commentator drifts off while watching the illuminated arrival signage have its own meltdown. Next tube in 15 minutes. Resets itself, then it's 10 minutes. Then resets itself again to 20 minutes. The machine itself cannot make its mind up or the scheduler somewhere is having a meltdown. The tube train itself sits away to my right and away from the platform. Whoever is on that tube must be a little miffed. Those who are waiting to go home are also a little peeved, and the attitude of those being inconvenienced is not compassionate to who may have taken the ultimate way out. You see, as a race, we are very self-centred. Whatever we do or say, when it finally sits on us and affects what we do, we revert to type and get a little selfish. Even I, myself, tried to push that issue to one side in my mind, 
thinking about getting an Uber instead of the tube. And by doing that, trying mentally to avert the real issue of somebody possibly taking their own life and thinking that it wasn't worth breathing anymore. The reason I avoid this thought is because I would be lying if I didn't get those thoughts from time to time. Don't we all? Okay, just me then. As my dear old dad used to say when I was down and called the world an unsavoury place, the world is beautiful, my boy, but some of the people in it aren't. And he's right. One minute flashes up and then resets to ten minutes. I drift off to an advert in my past which used to say, someone, somewhere, is eating a toffee crisp. Why I don't know, but subliminally I change that phrase to someone, somewhere, is doing a horrendous job to try and allow us all to get home. I gaze up once again at the illuminated signage and it shows four minutes. The platform is full now and gazing longingly to my right waiting for the tube train to arrive. All of us in our own bubble. Where are our thoughts? No one knows. Finally the tube is on its way towards us. We board and we go the five stops to Paddington. Explosion of people looking to try and get their respective trains home is a hurried scramble up the stairs to the tube checkout and off to the platforms. I can't rush. You know why. Going upstairs, I'm passed on all sides like a back marker in a Formula 1 race. People are trying to get through the gated tube entrance, some cards and tickets not working, and some backed up and delayed people getting huffy. Sometimes just wandering and observing is relaxing, and sometimes it's worrying. You may well ask why I'm not rushing. Well, I can see on the boards that I have around four minutes to board my train. I could get on it. But I tend to think that with just a small time to go, and with the notion that it will have been up on the departure board for some time before I got here, there won't be any seats anyway. I will rejig and head for Marleybone, and a less comfy train, but a better outcome for the one-time thoroughbred who is now old and lame. A seat. It takes 80 minutes to travel home, and the journey and the day and the match is ultimately straightforward. And sadly, whoever it was on the lines appears their final decision was straightforward too. Game 38, Shandong Taishan versus Kaya on the 28th of the 11th, 2023. Titled, Two Game Tuesday. I got a call this morning. Can I hang around for a second game as one of the scheduled commentators is unwell? Naturally, I take it on. But for now, Long Hambra and an early train. Seat booked and actually there. It's still dark outside. We still, we still stop at Oxford, then Reading, then end up Paddington. It is just over a year ago now since I lost my dad, my last parent, and he's in my thoughts. I think of that day and the whole emotive process since then. I've had a hard 12 months, what with one thing and another, and commentating is my release. When I was younger, chasing a football or cricket ball was all that mattered when playing. No other issues would cloud my brain. In fact, World War Three could have happened off the field of play as I had to make that tackle or stop that boundary. I am ambivalent to whether there is an afterlife, apart from the show, which is brilliant. And don't decry those who believe or not. But normally when I have done something wrong or I am in a situation I find myself throwing my head to the skies and often asking whatever, why me? So maybe. I then think of a game, as we call it here in Blighty, called Guess Who. You know the game where you have a range of faces in front of you and you have to guess the ones they've picked by asking descriptive clues on the faces, i.e. is he wearing glasses? Goodness only knows which section of society now gets offended when they have got ginger hair. You know where I'm heading to. Anyway, I start thinking about our lives and how we assemble family members. People, friends and acquaintances as we grow older and sort of assemble them in one of those guess who sort of boards. 
From our earliest recollections, the amount of heads and shoulders of people we get to know grows larger until a point in our lives where it starts slowing down. You know, the adding of faces phase slows down. But in real life, the game takes a more sinister turn as you flick the heads and shoulders down, but not by people guessing, but by persons passing away. I was only 13 when the first of my set lost a person, and to this day I still think it was my fault as I had a part to play. We used to play cricket in several parks around us at the time. We had a hard cork ball which was painted red, a bat and some stumps. Philip, as I will call him, was batting. He was in the year above and a good lad, a little timid compared to us other boisterous little shits. And I was bowling and he was batting. I bowled this ball, a Yorker, which would have hit the stumps at the base on the full. Instead, Philip played a front foot shot, missed the ball and it smacked him fully on the shin. He seemed to have been batting for a long time and was pissing us all off a bit. So up we go, shouting, how's that, and appealing for LBW and giving him out. Philip was on the floor crying. Yes, it would have hurt. We had no flesh or pads on our legs, and this ball was hard. And he had a bump, the like of which I'd never seen before. It was huge. He was down, and I was bellowing, get out. What a completely nasty thing to do. I am that horrible boy. Kids are so cruel. Once the bump was glaringly obvious, we packed up and took him home. The bump was horrific, so much so that his mum and dad took him to the accident and emergency. Us friends or shits knew he'd gone to hospital, so we waited over the course of the days and then weeks to see when Philip would reappear. Every time we talked about calling for Philip to come out to play, one of our parents would say, he'll be out soon. Until one day it was raining and I was at home and a friend of my mum's who lived close by came to have a chat and a coffee at ours. It was then that I sensed something wasn't quite right as they talked in a low voice. After my mum's friend left, my mum called me down, and my mum then told me. Now I feel this is what I've heard, but I don't know if my mindset actually pulled this together as an 11 year old to torture myself. When Philip went to the hospital with, as I've already said, a horrific lump on his leg, they did an x-ray and it showed it wasn't broken. But the lump was so horrific, it led to some other tests at the hospital. They were concerned about it. These tests came back showing Philip had leukemia. And for me, it felt as though it was all my fault. What an absolute shit. What had I triggered? It will be a thought that I'll always carry with me. We're talking his diagnosis was in 1972 or something, and sadly in those days cancer of any form was pretty much endgame. Philip did pass away from it, and all I've ever wanted to do was say sorry. The death of Philip led to the family disintegrated as well in the years after. I am so, so sorry. So Philip became the first head and shoulder down on my Guess Who Lifetime People board. I think of all those who I have lost and we think of life's natural process of growing old and passing on but sadly, but sadly as I reflect, several have folded face down out of the natural order of things. I have lost both my parents and I've hardly shed a tear. Why? Not because I don't miss them, but more because I know that shit happens and nothing lasts forever. Now when my dogs are put down, I cry like there's no tomorrow, mainly because I know to them we are everything. That is a love you cannot describe in my eyes. We hit Paddington and I wander up to the Hammersmith and City line and once again I offer my head up to the skies to thank all those that have passed through my life that are no longer with me to say thank you for being part of it. My guests who board as I've got older has taken a lot of hits. Think about yours. Incidentally and worth mentioning this, St Andrews primary school football team played at the White House ground in Oxford against Our Ladies for the White House Shield. I played left midfield that day as an underage player and Philip was playing in goal. Philip played brilliantly and kept us in the game. He was outstanding. He was 12. 
we had my Jeff Hurst goal ruled out as the ref said it didn't cross the line and we lost 1-0 but forget my effort which I should have scored anyway it was 1-0 and not 10-0 due to Philip man of the match you left me with that memory Philip and as Chris Kamara would have said about your performance unbelievable Jeff my first game of the day was Shandong Taishang of China versus the Philippine whipping boys Kaya Kaya had lost all four of their Champions League group games they were out of it effectively but not maybe mathematically they and their head coach Northern Irish oh, Colum Curtis do well to play at this level and in fairness and in fairness there are in my opinion worse sides the game starts and Kaya go for it and take the lead when Gaiosa wins the ball carries it forward slides it to Melitza who shoots and keeper parries and Gaiosa scores not at all in the script Shandon equalised but at the break it's 1-1 but at the end it's 6-1 to Shandong. Once pressured, Kaya couldn't keep the ball and the goals followed one after another. I had about an hour of free time before getting ready for Nasaji Manzandaran versus Mumbai City, which I spend in a coffee house doing some research and talking to my wife. Sitting lonely in a coffee house can sometimes be good if you want to concentrate, but not for me. I've just had 90 plus minutes of football to take my mind off things, but now lurking thoughts come to the fore. My club, Oxford United, had recently appointed a new manager, and it was Mumbai City's former manager, Des Buckingham. Someone I knew well, and someone whom I hope succeeds. This will be an interesting watch later, but for now, guess who and Kaya were the two games so far. This next one has an outside interest looming for me. <laughs> 